0: Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Welcome to the show. So go ahead and tell us who you are and a little bit about your story.
1: Hi, thanks for having me. I am Nicole Jones and I'm one of those hyphenated people where (laughs) I am a consider myself a nine to five entrepreneur by day. I serve as a project manager working on projects and making sure the different projects are meeting their goals. But then when I get home, I'm working on mediocre to masterful, which is my platform where I basically share tips on how to elevate in entrepreneurship wellness, wealth. Um, And then I also have a podcast that's a part of that as well. And so those are just a number of things. And of course, outside of just work and ambitions, um, I'm also a wife to my best friend, Greg, and I just do a lot of different things. I mean, right now we're kind of, you know, locked up (laughs) in quarantine. So I do like to hang out with friends and everything, but you know, that, that's, that's who I am in a nutshell. And I just recently became an author. So I just released a book called Unlearn Ditch Failed Money Habits and Discover Financial Freedom.
0: Congratulations. I cannot wait to get my hands on a copy. I absolutely love it. <laughs> you didn't even mention that you recently paid off like a mountain of debt, right? Yeah. Um, so congratulations on that as well. Uh, mediocre to Masterful. I feel like that's really significant. You know what I mean? And um, I think especially in this time where we're dealing with a lot of transition, we're being faced with a lot of um, questions for ourselves, like not only personally, but professionally and all of that. I think that's such a good time to hear a message like that. And so I really appreciate you for really finding your sweet spot in that and and sharing what you know um, with your audience
1: yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. It definitely came mediocre to masterful was birth from a place of me wanting to be more masterful in my in my personal life um, and feeling like there was still opportunity for me to grow and to flourish and to stop all this self-doubt and complacency. and you know in my mind, I see that as being mediocre or mediocrity. Um, and so trying to get a place of just this plateau of being comfortable with being comfortable. And just knowing that there is more for me, there's more opportunities. And if I apply myself and use the resources that are available, I can be my most best self, my most masterful self. And that's where this basically came to be.
0: Yeah, I love it. You know, I think that we have everyone gets a little taste of the of their best vision of themselves, I think, at times. Mm-hmm. And there's something that comes in and kind of creates this self-doubt or this worry or this anxiety around why we can't be that person or why we can't have that lifestyle. Because we all know what it looks like. To me, all of us know exactly what we want, exactly where we want to be, but we just don't believe that we have what it
1: takes yes. or that we're worth worth it, you know? Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. And then a lot of times, People can see a lot more in you than you can see in yourself, and that's where it's kind of like, okay, how can I get to that level of what everybody else can see in me? Like, what am I not doing? What am I not seeing in myself that I need to begin to activate? And in those times, you just need to, you know, get quiet, write, plan, write down your thoughts, and basically get to it.
0: I love that. So, so you are a woman of many hats. You have a lot of you got a lot of levels and layers to you. <laughs> what kind of help? You said there was a point where you kind of got to saying to yourself, all right, like, do I want to keep going on this same course that I'm at, which maybe wasn't the worst. It wasn't maybe bad, but you just saw potential that you wanted to tap into. Right. How did you start that journey?
1: So like I just mentioned, it's basically, you know, outlining what are the, some of the things that I want to achieve. Um, and it's ba- literally what you just mentioned is exactly how I felt. It wasn't, I was in a bad place. It was like, I knew I could do more. Like I knew there was more for me. And if I applied myself, I'd be able to get to that best version of myself. Um, and basically outlining what is the best version of me look like? What do I, how do I want to feel? What do I want to do? How do I want my day to go about? Um, how much money do I want to make? How much debt do I want to eliminate? How much uh, do I want to be married? Do I just, just literally outlining my vision, my goal and making a plan from that those visions you know quite often i would create vision boards year after year Um, but of course we know that just putting you know pictures on a board or just writing a checklist of things that you want to achieve you know you have to go a little bit further than that and actually you know outline how am i going to get there which outside of creating that list it was basically you know outlining what are the steps that i need to take to get out of debt what are the steps that i actually need to take to um, elevated my career, um, what certifications do I need to obtain? Um, so really being specific outside of saying, I wanna get to this level, but also being specific on how are you gonna get there? What resources is, you know, already around you that you need to apply? And then what outside resources can I then implement to this plan as well to get me there? And then put a timetable on that. Like we have to put a time limit for ourselves, especially if you that you are that person that's a procrastinator. Um, I am definitely guilty of being, you know, procrastinating in certain areas, definitely when it came to money and money management, and we'll get more into that later. Um, but put in a timetable behind some of these goals that you have set for yourself, or else you will find yourself slapping the same vision on that board year after year (laughs) definitely you know what
0: i think whether you're like you mentioned whether you're a procrastinator i think also if you're a perfectionist you can fall into the same rut because you can just keep working 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 yourself into paralysis you know Mm -hmm.
1: yes yes very true So
0: if we're using, let's say, you know, you having paid off your debt recently as one of those examples, because this sounds kind of like a framework that you can use to level up in any area of your life. Mm -hmm. But if we're using the debt or your, your personal finance as the place where we're using it as an example, how was it that you applied these tools to that area? You said you have to have the clarity and awareness of what your vision is, but then you have to take it a step further and make a plan. So how did you do that in that area?
1: So (laughs) I'm going to be very honest, creating a plan for my life when it came to came to like my career and, you know, elevating and being able to get certifications and being able to just be a better person and be more healthy and eat right. Yes, those things can be difficult for me. They were somewhat challenging and I just knew I needed to activate certain things in my life in order to make myself better. However, (laughs) this is a a big however. (laughs) However, when it came to money and managing my money and, you know, being able to understand what financial literacy is and being able to get out of the student loan debt and actually pay on this debt, I honestly felt stuck. Like everything else was somewhat of a breeze. I had that plan. I had it listed out. But when it came to money management, I just felt like um, I was paralyzed. I literally felt paralyzed. And for that particular goal, it took me not only gaining clarity on what the actual issue is, but taking even a step back further and understanding how did I get to this point? How did I... Get into this much debt, which I mean, we all know because student loan debt is no joke. Right. Um, But outside of the student loan debt, how is it that I'm not able to manage money properly? Like, why do I always overdraft? Why do I feel like I'm, you know, living paycheck to paycheck? Um, Why am I, you know, blaming my lack of the money that I have at the end of the month on my income from my job? And why am I not looking deeper internally as to my habits, my actual spending habits? for me getting to that point. So it really took me having like changing my mindset and understanding what is the root of this issue? Why can't I, why is money just not working for me? I'm just not getting it. Like even outside of me coming up with this plan, which I'm typically pretty good at, I'm a project manager, like, <laughs> <not into> this. <laughs> and I manage everybody else's budgets on projects and nail it. But when it came to my personal finances, and I mean, at that time I was just starting out in my career, you know, when I identified this, um, but why just why can't I get this? Why am I like stuck? And once I feel like I'm actually getting to that next stage, it just feels like I'm I'm hindered in some way, like I just can't get over it. So it really took me to dig deep, get to the root and understand, you know, what are my habits here and where did this stem from? So changing my mindset for money overall and literally, which is why I titled the book Unlearn, um, Ditch Felt Money Habits and Discover Financial Freedom, I had to unlearn literally Everything I thought I knew about money management and financial literacy. And, and to be honest, I didn't hear the word financial literacy until I was in my 20s, which is another whole another story. But that's in the book, too. <laughs> it's
0: wild, you know, all the things that it's like we go to school forever and then, and then you become an adult and you're like,
1: what, what,
0: <laughs> like, what did I yeah. even learn? Yeah. What am I supposed to do with all this stuff? Because there's a whole bunch of other things that I have no idea about.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's like, did I miss the memo? Did I skip a whole class? Like, what happened?
0: So you realized that the mindset was key. Were there things that you were actively doing to help you kind of shift your mindset? Or was it just, you know, in the process of executing the plan that you had these realizations?
1: Mm -hmm. So that's a great question. So it was in the process of executing the actual plan, like it went hand in hand. Um, So at the time, once I realized I got a real issue and a problem with money, um, I began to sit down and just write down my expenses. Where was my money going? um, How was I spending it? How frequently frequently was I spending this money? Um, And although, you know, we have our bank accounts, we have our bank statements that we can literally just log into from our phones, from anywhere, but that I wasn't seeing a, a clear picture overall because I had, you know, a banking account and then I had a credit card and then I had my student loan debt and they were all kind of like in disparate areas in different areas, I should say. And by actually putting this in a budget sheet, a spreadsheet, it doesn't sound sexy because it's not, not for <laughs> me, <laughs> but once I actually put it in like a budget, you know, spreadsheet, I was able to see, oh, my God, I spent how much money on dining out and, you know, in two weeks, let alone a month. I spent how much money at Forever 21 and H&M and all these places at Lenox Mall and, you know, just things that I should not have been spending my money on. And, you know, coffee literally every day, if not twice a day. And, you know, it sounds super cliche. We hear people talk about this often in terms of like identifying their bad habits when it came to money but you know it it literally adds up and so being able to write out that budget plan and see myself doing this time over time over time and then actually taking a step back further to see why why I could I don't know I'm just one of those people from a psychology standpoint I want to know like internally where is this coming from Um, Because I know it's not always just surface level. Mm -hmm. Taking that step back for me was just something I just innately thought about in tangent with creating this budget plan. And so I took it a step back further. I was like, well, you know what, when I think about it, not, you know, growing up, I didn't necessarily sit at the table and talk about, you know, stocks and how much money is in the bank account and how much bills actually cost. We heard that bills needed to be paid. Right. what What does that actually mean? Um, and so that, you know, lack of understanding of financial management is where, you know, it brought me as a young adult and why I was in that moment of, you know, you know, overdrawn account, late payments, you know, overdraft. It just, it was just too much. It was a lot. Yeah, I think that the pressure
0: gets to be, you know, to a place where, Either you just want to avoid it so you try mm-hmm. to kind of look the other way and you're like, yep. la, 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 like everything's fine, right? Especially if you're in that sweet spot where you're comfortable and it's not like you are – it's not like the, the collectors are at your door and, like, mm-hmm. stuff's repoed or whatever. When you're in a spot where it's, like, just on the line, um, it's easy, I think, to get comfortable or complacent in that place. Yes, Or you get so stressed and overwhelmed that you, regardless, it leads to paralysis, right? So it's, you're Mm -hmm. avoiding or you're hyper-focused and you just don't even know where to begin and what to do.
1: So true. So true. And that's exactly how it was for me where it's like, you know, just, you know, I'm just excited about getting my job out of college, like (laughs) (laughs) completely oblivious to everything else that was around me until it was time for me to pay attention to those things, And it was, you know, it's not a comfortable feeling. You feel, I know for me anyway, during that time, I felt not only was I oblivious, but then became awakened when I needed to start making payments, (laughs) Um, but I felt incompetent. I felt dumb. I felt embarrassed um, for not understanding. I'm like, how am I this old and not know, not understanding how to make a payment or not always go into the red in my account. It was just really, it was just all bad. And at the time I was dating my now husband, um, we were dating back then. So he was kind of like my helpmate during that time and trying to build me up and try to keep me encouraged. But I still felt inadequate in that I was just failing at something that I should know at this point, at this age to actually achieve.
0: Yeah, you know, it's difficult, I think, because I, I'm right there with you in that feeling. I was like, how is it that I'm like this educated and, I, and I'm having this problem? It really does not make sense to me. Yeah. And so- I was just talking about humility and how you have to humble yourself with yourself to Mm. be able to address these issues. Because if you, if you don't humble yourself, then you're not going to be able to identify what the issue is so that you can be empowered to do something different. And Mm. so I think a lot of people that gets in the way, because you said your, your now husband was your helpmate, but what if you didn't want to talk to anyone about it? Because the embarrassment is what you let take over and kind of steer your life because you'd rather people not know about your personal finances or the decisions that you've made Mm. for them to know and support you in making a plan and executing it. And so, you know, as you mentioned, and I say it all the time, like if money were about math, we'd all have a lot more of it. (laughs) Um, It's it's about much more than just math. And when we can get into some of those, those root causes, the things that we learned that maybe we need to unlearn, um, like you mentioned in your book, then we can understand how to get around those obstacles.
1: Yes. Girl, I'm like hands in the air, snapping my fingers. Yes. I love that. That is so true. So true. And it's just one of those things where, you know, at that time I knew I wanted a change because I'm like, I can't be living like this. I can't be living paycheck to paycheck. And I'm only, I just started my career or I'm well in, you know, a few years into my career and I just feel inadequate, like I, something needs to change. So at that time, and if you are somebody who's listening and you are feeling this way as well, I know it's horrible and sometimes you don't want to talk about it. But at that point in my life, I was like, OK, I just need I need help. And I knew it wasn't within myself to do it. I need someone to actually be there for me, support me. Um, I would have if Greg wasn't there, I would have sought out like a financial advisor or someone to kind of lean on because I knew I had to go outside of myself in order for this to actually work. So you do have to be willing and open, literally open and honest about how you're spending your money and how you want to change. You can't just say that you actually have to apply a lot of those things and it can be super uncomfortable uh, making that transition, which, you know, why that to me, the mindset shift is why to me is so important.
0: Yeah, sometimes they say discomfort promotes growth. And so and I always say um, they call it growing pains, not growing feels good. You know, (laughs) Um, it's so true. And a part of that process when you're having to level up, especially if you have a grand vision for your life or you see the the best version of yourself in your life, it's going to require stretching and growing mm-hmm. yeah. to live that vision out. And so a lot of what we deal with when we face um, our fears, when we face what, what embarrasses us and the decisions that we've made and the consequences that we have to deal with, um, that, that growth is really uncomfortable, but that's a part of the process. That's what's helping Mm -hmm. you to know that you're stretching and hopefully evolving into, you know, um, the next version of yourself along the way.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So, you know, I I talk about budgeting like a boss and you mentioned being a project manager, having to create the budget sheet, which isn't necessarily sexy, even though I'm a nerd. So to me, I'm like, ooh, like, budget. Um, (laughs) I'm like let's do the numbers even though I'm a a therapist because I don't do math which is the funniest thing but like to me like very basic arithmetic is like so fun
1: (laughs) oh my gosh I'm like cringing a little bit on the inside
0: (laughs) (laughs) and so um do you feel like people need to shift their perspective of their personal finances to one of like, you know, make it like a project. Like if someone else were giving you this budget to do, you know, a community project or something like that, would you treat it differently than your own personal finances and why? So that you can kind of position yourself in a way to, I don't know, be accountable for, for your own money, the way you would as someone else's.
1: That's a great question. So I would say, you know, you know, When I, again, Budgeting to me was not sexy at all. I know. <laughs> so I tried to make it, you know, exciting for myself. Like I had to like psych myself out, if you will. It still didn't work because it's not fun. But the reward is that, you know, month over month I was able to see a difference in the numbers. Like everything started to become less red, and then eventually more in the green, and then more, and more in the green. <laughs> um, so it was it was something that I really had to like myself out to understand like this is the process itself might not be the best but it's necessary and being able to have a budget to outline your expenses and your spending and to ultimately reach your financial goal is the ultimate reward now yeah it was just you know something that it's an something that has to happen like if this is your goal Everything you know worth having, whether it's a you know financial goal or a personal goal or educational goal, anything worth having is going to take work. The process is not always beautiful, but you know once you get to the end of the tunnel, you'll be you'll you'll see the rewards. And throughout that time, and I'm going to use some my own project management terms, those milestones, celebrating those milestones, and understanding that okay, this month I met you know an additional $100 in savings this month. I met an additional $1,000 added to my savings account. And just being able to reward yourself along the way, um, whether that means you actually, you know, go out for a treat and treat yourself to some ice cream or just the, the joy of actually seeing the numbers shift month over month um, is actually going to be the, one of the greatest rewards you'll see throughout this process.
0: For sure, you know. You saying that kind of really makes me think of the necessity to make the commitment to the plan, because you might be, you might be excited in the beginning when you think of, when you create the vision. And so you're excited because you're like, wow, what, how cool it'd be to be debt free or whatever. And for my money to be my own. And so in the beginning, the motivation typically happens to be there. And then it's the middle. That's really difficult. You know, like Mm -hmm. even though you've made some progress, I think the middle is really challenging. And that's when I almost quit. I was like, you know what? $30,000. That's not so bad. (laughs) Everybody's got $30,000 in debt. Like, and so the middle is really challenging. But when you state when you have made a commitment to the plan, and you you see it through, and then you get that reward by the end. But there's always that progress that kind of boosts your motivation a little bit whenever you start to see the the needle move. And so um, that's what it sounds like you're saying a little bit is commit yourself to the plan, because there's gonna be times where you don't feel like it. But you need to do anyway, regardless of feeling like it, because the doing is what's gonna help you get to yes, the destination.
1: For, for sure. For sure. You know, ultimately seeing that plan make a dent in your debt is just truly rewarding. And it's literally unmatched. Like that that is your whole mission. That is the reason why you're sacrificing certain things and your expenses and saving certain areas. Like being able to see that you know, decrease time over time, and maybe it's not even debt, but more so just being able to manage your money better and being able to see an, an increase in your bank account or whatever that is. Um, it's just it it's the plan itself will actually work itself out if you stick to it. And another point that I mentioned in the book is just being consistent. Consistency works. You know, that's something that. And this era that we live in, you know, we're in this instant gratification era where you know we have everything given to us almost like <laughs> by the snap of our fingers. Um, but you know, being able to see consistent, or you being consistent in your plan and the work that you put in, you'll see some some great rewards throughout the process.
0: Most definitely, if you are, or if you feel comfortable sharing how much you paid off, can you share that?
1: Yes. Actually, hold on. Let me pull up the exact number.
0: (laughs) Oh, look at you. You got the exact numbers. Ah, I think it's helpful. Yeah, I think it's helpful for people to hear it because one, I think that people who have paid off their debts are kind of seen as like unicorns to most because most people um, have trouble, a lot of trouble with accomplishing that goal. And to be able to hear... you know, what amount they paid off. I know that that was helpful for me because I'm like, okay, for some people, I'm like, whoa, they had way more debt than me. Like, okay, like I can do this. Or if someone had less debt than me. I'm like, okay, like I can still, I can, I can make this happen. So I think it's helpful for people to hear, you know, the amounts and, and know that they're not alone.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I got it. <laughs> all right. So I'll just pick up because I think you answered the question well. And then I had a pause. So, all right. So, My debt was (laughs) $80,398. And it's all gone now. It is all gone. And I, I honestly cannot, I can't believe it. Even to this day, I paid off this debt in April, 2020. And even to this day, I feel like it's, Surreal. It honestly feels surreal because I've just become so routine and making these monthly payments. I mean, it's super daunting. It's like it is what it is type of thing. I have to pay it. Uh, But to actually be done with it, it just feels super surreal.
0: I'm with you, you know, the other day I went and looked at my account again, just to make sure everything was still zero. <laughs> and I'm like, let me just, just double check, let's make sure everything's still looking good over here, you know, like there's no hidden fees or right. you know, something popped up on me. So yeah, I think when you've been consistent, you kind of get to this place where you're like, wait oh, yeah, I don't have debt, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, and now, mm-hmm. now that money gets to go into savings or wherever else you want to allocate it to. And so I'm definitely with you on that feeling of, of it being surreal, especially um, in the, the months just following having paid off, you know, a large amount of debt. Yeah,
1: for sure. For sure. It's it's definitely a blessing for sure. And, you know, it's just one of those things you just get into this routine of doing consistently. And now I'm at the point where now that I don't have those payments, you know, have a plan. I, you have to have a plan for, okay, what's your, what's your next steps after you pay off this debt. So, um, one of those things of course was writing this book, which I decided last year, um, to actually create this book because I knew in 2020 I would actually pay it off. Yeah. I thought, you know, what better way to like commemorate this moment (laughs) other than just putting it in a book to show people that it can actually be done because I didn't think I would be finished this soon and you know in my lifetime like I thought I'd be old and gray by the time I finished it, <laughs> it off um but I thought it was it, I, it was just in me to like create this book to show people here are the actual steps you can take it is possible I'm, you know, your friend from high school, your girl from college, like just different things. Like I'm like your girlfriend that was able to get this debt paid off and I want people to see that it is attainable to actually achieve this. So I put, you know, all my knowledge, some notes that I had from years past and some processes that I put in place throughout those times and as well as the actual budget spreadsheet that we Utilized since 2013 is also in this bridge. Is also in this book for people to use. So um, it's just a labor of love, seriously, in this book.
0: Wow, I really appreciate you for sharing. You know your story and and being open and willing to have the dialogue. I think it's a conversation that needs to be continued to be had like as often as possible. Um, and so where can everyone find your book? Where can we find you on social media so that we can keep absorbing these gems that are going to help us go from (laughs) mediocre to masterful?
1: Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So you can definitely purchase the book from mediocre to masterful.com. Um, there you will find information about, the website, um, the podcast, and the book. Um, And also just recently released a financial freedom planner, which is like a supplement to the book. So you'll be able to download that as well if the book is just not enough and you're like, okay, how can I actually apply this? There is a planner also on the site as well. Um, But you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook with the same um, tag, Mediocre to Masterful. Um, And yeah, just like, comment, subscribe.
0: We will definitely make sure that we come over and show you some love. And, you know, again, I really appreciate it because we just have to, I think that if we let, if we let that embarrassment that you had mentioned, if we let any like shame get in the way of our ability to share our stories, that we would all be held up. The whole, the whole community, the whole process would be held up because each of us has you know, a building block to put on the foundation for us to move forward. And so um, whenever I hear or see people just shining in their area. I'm like, yes, you keep, it makes me want to, it makes me want to do it. Cause there's times where I feel like embarrassed or saying, like, Oh, you know, am I going to get on Instagram today? Like, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> and yeah. so like, okay. It's less about me and what I'm thinking, you know, is going to get in the way or what people are going to think and more about like, who is this message for today and, mm-hmm. and yeah. what's going to happen if I don't show up. And so I really do appreciate you for just being, you know, open and vulnerable and honest and, and authentic.
1: Yes, thank you. That's exactly what I was going for, because it's just you have to be open in order for people to see change and, you know, be able to reach out to other people for help. We have to be open and vulnerable to share our own personal stories um, to help others as well, because our story is bigger than us. It's it's meant to help someone else. So that's that's my whole mission here
0: can't wait to get a hold of the book. We'll make sure that we come in over there and support you on all of your outlets. And again, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thank you. Appreciate
0: it. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded.